Happy New Year. As Rashad said, I'm Amanda Hug, and I just finished a year with Reality Boston as part of my Masters of Divinity program at Gordon-Conwell. I moved to Boston in 2019 on a Saturday. I went to Reality on a Sunday and really never looked back. Um, I met God in Excel High School and really was transformed by the teaching and the people at the church. And so while 2020 was quite unexpected, um, I can honestly say that I think I have learned more and grown more personally in my faith than I have in over 10 years probably. So I'm super grateful for the experience and especially honored and excited to be with you here to share um, the first word of 2021 and really welcome the Reality Family into this new year. And so I believe that God has a word for you for this year. And it's probably going to be different for everyone, right? Depending on where you are in this season. Um, but on this first Sunday in January, I believe that God wants to meet you right where you are at. It is no secret, of course, that 2020 was a hard year for a lot of people, for our country, for our world, living in the middle of a pandemic and, and still continuing into that. Um, but it is my prayer for you today, if you're coming off a tough 2020, that you would know that God sees you. He sees that and he has compassion on you. And we're going to explore that today in a story where we see God have compassion on some different people. And so our scripture reading is from the book of Luke, chapter 8, verses 40 to 56. And it will be on the screen for you. Now, when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue. And falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. As Jesus went, the people pressed around him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, who is it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. And while he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came and said, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, Do not fear. Only believe, and she will be well. And when he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him, except Peter and John and James, and the father and mother of the child. And all were weeping and mourning for her. But he said, do not weep, for she is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But taking her by the hand, he called, saying, child, arise. And her spirit returned, and she got up at once. And he directed that, that something should be given her to eat. And her parents were amazed, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. 
This is the word of the Lord. And so as we dive into these two stories, I would say at face value, this seems like these are simple healing stories, Um, right? Jesus healed two people. Okay, great. We've seen a lot of miracles in the Gospels, but I really believe that there is so much richness here to unpack. Um, We're going to focus on the story of the bleeding woman, but we'll talk briefly about the healing of Jairus's daughter as well. And so as we meet the bleeding woman, right, she has been bleeding for 12 years and she's she has some sort of sickness or, or disease that has caused this bleeding and she has tried everything. Um, to try and be healed. She has tried lots of different doctors. And in the same account in Mark, it actually says that going to these doctors made her worse, not better. And in addition, she's exhausted her full life savings. And so she has really nothing left. And I think that in of itself would be devastating enough, right? To be suffering from an illness for 12 years would be quite disheartening. But the problem with her is that her illness, the blood and the bleeding, makes her ceremonially unclean um, based on the laws in Leviticus. And so she couldn't be around anyone else because they would also become unclean. And this meant she couldn't participate in fellowship. She couldn't participate in religious life. And so she really had been shut out and isolated for a good portion of her life at this point. And in addition, there would probably be some embarrassment and some shame associated with the illness that she had. And so perhaps you can relate to the woman in some way. Maybe you are also suffering from a physical ailment that you have to feel like you've tried everything and you've tried every doctor and this sickness won't go away. Or maybe you're dealing with a sin that you feel like you're entrapped by and you can't seem to break free from and you have a lot of shame associated with that. Or maybe, I'm guessing this might be a lot of people, you're exhausted by the lack of fellowship um, in 2020 and the lack of in-person gatherings and you just, your soul craves that. Or maybe you're like I was actually at the end of last year, um, coming out of a season of deep grief. For me, I spent the majority of the decade of 2010 in a really unhealthy relationship that eventually ended, and it was quite traumatic um, and just left me very broken and very disheartened and really just without hope. Um, The future looked black is really the only way I can describe it. Like, it just blackness in front of me. Um, And so when 2019 came to a close for me, I felt like the bleeding woman. I felt like I'd been struggling with this for years and years. And was this grief and was this sadness ever going to end? But the blessing is that no matter what your circumstance is today that connects you to the bleeding woman, there is hope. Um, The future is not black. It's actually quite bright. And that's what I want to encourage you with today. Because from this story, we learn that Jesus has the power and the compassion to heal us. He can restore us from our sickness, from our shame, from brokenness, and from grief. And it's my prayer for you that 2021 is a new page of your chapter and that it brings healing and that it brings the hope that Jesus wants and can provide for you.
So first let's look at the power that Jesus has and demonstrates in this story. And we don't have to look uh, far at all, right? It's pretty self-evident because the woman who's been bleeding, she comes up behind him and she touched the fringe of his garment and immediately the flow of her blood stopped. And so just a simple touch of his garment, he has that kind of power to heal. And then in addition, after the exchange with the woman, he goes on to the house of Jairus. And at this point, his daughter has died and Jesus raises her from the dead. Um, Simple as that. And so we see here, our God is powerful. He has imparted this power to his son, Jesus. And we read about this in these two stories and countless others in the Gospels. And so in addition to that power, though, Jesus brings compassion And while he had the power to heal, right, um, he didn't have to let his power depart from him when the woman touched him. That was a choice that the God of the universe, our God, made. And he really allowed this uh, to happen for her to be healed, I think, because he had compassion on her. Um, He permitted that healing to happen. And he permitted it at a time where he was he was on a mission, right? He was already heading to Jairus's house to heal someone else, no less. So to do a good thing for someone else. But he and I think I and I'm sure lots of us get very laser focused on what we're trying to do. And we don't want to be distracted or turn to the left or turn to the right by things that, that come up. But he has no problem with that. He just stops and he pauses and he wants to talk to the woman. Um, he allows his schedule to be interrupted in that way. And so he, he knows that the woman touched him and he says, he asks his disciples, who touched me? Um, what does he say? He says, who is it? Who was it that touched me? And the disciples are a little confused by the question, understandably so, because they're in the middle of this huge crowd and there's people everywhere and they're pressing in on either side. And I know we haven't been in crowds in a while, um, but I just think back to I went with my best friend one year to see the ball drop for New Year's Eve in Times Square. And I have never seen more people than that experience. I was literally getting crushed in on from every side, and there were probably a dozen people touching me at any given moment. Um, no personal space. And so if I had turned to my best friend Katie and said, Katie, who just touched me? She would look at me like I was crazy, understandably so. And so the disciples are pretty confused by this question. Um, and I think it's interesting because Jesus is God, right? He's all-knowing, and certainly he knows who touched him. But the reason he asks is because he wants to pause and he wants to interact with her. So he needs to, he needs to find her. And I think he wants to do this for two reasons. One, he wants to recognize her faith and show publicly the faith that has healed her. And two, he wants to verbally assure her of her healing, which he does. And I think those two things, that's just a compassionate God. He want—he already healed her. He could move on. He could go to Jairus's house before his daughter dies. Um, but he doesn't. He wants to stop and he wants to have this moment with this woman to even deepen her faith. And finally, Jesus calls her daughter. And she's the only person in the Gospels that he individually calls daughter. And here I think he's trying to um, just make that familial connection that he has this personal relationship with her and he wants her to be aware of that and feel that and experience that. 
And so I told you that I kind of felt like the bleeding woman, right? Um, I had a lot of trauma in the decade of 2010. Um, but the good news is that was not the end of the story for me. Just like Jesus had compassion on the bleeding woman, I really believe he had compassion on me. And I experienced that deeply last year. In January of last year, a year ago, um, I had my first staff lunch with Reality Boston, and I can't remember who asked the question, but someone asked, what word is God impressing upon you for this year? And I shared two words that came to mind. For me, it was really new and hope. And I shared those because God had started just the beginnings of giving me a vision for what a new decade of my life might look like. Um, one where there wasn't any remnant of the 2010 decade left on the calendar and one where the future wasn't black. And so in that moment, I was not fully healed or out of grief by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but God, in his compassion, bestowed hope upon me. And I had no idea how true, new, and hope those words would be for me in 2020, but they really were. And so wherever you are today, whatever circumstance you're in the middle of, I believe that God has a word for you. And maybe the word is new. Maybe it's hope. Maybe it's power. Maybe it's compassion, these attributes of Jesus that we're looking at. But maybe it's something totally different, right? Um, but I would encourage you to seek and find what is that word that he has for you. And I'll have you know that the way God gives words, it doesn't have to be this mystical out-of-body experience, right? For me, it was, I came up with the words in about five minutes that it took for it to be my turn around the pizza table. And that was okay. God gives words in the mundane like that. He can also give them in prayer. He can give them through friends. Um, he can give them through worship or his word. But when he gives them, However he does, I think it can be quite powerful. And like I said, I believe that he has a word for each of us for 2021. So we've studied what we can learn about Jesus from this story, right? We've learned that Jesus is powerful and Jesus is compassionate. But I think there's one more thing we can learn from this, and that is from the woman and how she acted towards Jesus to experience his power and compassion. And the way that she acted was with faith. Jesus wants to honor our faith when we come to him with it. And she came to him. Um, it says in the account in Mark, um, it more explicitly describes her faith. It, Mark tells us that she's thinking before she reaches out and touches his garments, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. She knows that she's, there's this Jesus um, and she's heard about the miracles and she's heard about what he can do and she believes. And so she thinks if I can just get there and touch his garment. And Jesus's response when he interacts with her validates her faith. He says, um, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. And so her healing occurs because she has faith. But not because her faith is anything huge or magnificent or grandiose. She just has faith. Simple as that. In Luke 17, 5 to 6, the apostles say to the Lord, increase our faith. And he tells them, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. 
And so Jesus is saying, you just need a small, just an inkling, really, of faith. Um, One commentator, Liefeld, suggests that the smoldering wick of the woman's faith is fanned into a flame by Jesus's action of healing her and interacting with her. And maybe you say to me, Amanda, I don't even have a smoldering wick of faith. You know, I burned all my candles down in the Christmas season and I'm kind of out. But the good news is that Jesus can heal her without faith and he can heal us without faith. And how do I know that? Because all we have to do is read on a little bit further to the exchange of Jairus's daughter. So while Jesus is attending to the bleeding woman, um, they get word that Jairus's daughter has died. And um, the messenger that comes even says, don't bother. Uh, don't bother the teacher anymore. Like, it's, it's hopeless. The story's over. Um, but Jesus says, no, I'm going to come anyways. And um, he says, you know, I am going to raise this daughter because she's only sleeping. She's not dead. And the people that are with him actually laugh. Um, And I'm pretty sure that the reason they're laughing is probably the same reason Sarah was laughing when the Lord said she was going to have her child in her old age. It's because they didn't believe him. They didn't think it was possible. They felt like that was out of the realm of what Jesus was capable of. And frankly, they just didn't have faith. Um, But Jesus does it anyways, right? He heals Jairus' daughter. And that's his power and compassion again, right? He wants us to have faith, but if our faith is lacking, he can still move miracles. And so whether your faith is a smoldering wick or missing in this season, um, Jesus can still move. But he wants to increase our faith. He wants us to grow in that. And so how might we do this? Well, for me, it's to go back to that word. What is going to be your word for 2021? And when the Lord gives you a word, hold on to it. Lean into it and let him strengthen your faith in this way. And you could do this a number of days, a number of ways. You might post it on a sticky on your bathroom mirror. So you see it every morning when you come in and it's just a reminder that God has spoken this over me. Or you might incorporate the word into your prayers. Or you might journal, right? Journaling is a great way to record the Lord's work in your life and also a way to look back and see how far you've come. Or like me, you might find someone in your life who can speak truth over you as it relates to that word. So in 2020, as part of um, my mentored ministry with reality, I got to participate in what's called spiritual direction. And I had never heard of it. Um, but it, so if you haven't, spiritual direction is basically where you meet one on one with someone. You share how God is working in your life or how you think he's working or you're, what you're struggling with or what you're reflecting upon. And they reflect that back to you. Your spiritual uh, director reflects back to you. And this is a powerful thing because we can, you know, think about how we're growing in our own way, but to have someone speak it over you is a different kind of experience. And so for me, I knew 
that God had given me new and hope. And I knew that I was experiencing it, but my spiritual director was able to highlight for me just how significant that was in my faith journey. At one point, as I was describing how I could see God bringing me out of grief and into hope and into joy, um, my spiritual director said, I think what you just described may be God's biggest miracle in your life. And at first, I was like, that seems like a pretty big overstatement. (laughs) The biggest miracle of my life? Um, But then I kind of paused, and I thought about it, and I reflected upon it, and I reflected upon the miraculous ways that I was no longer grieving and the miraculous circumstances that God had changed and the miraculous way that he had healed my heart and was growing my heart. And I thought, you might be actually right. (laughs) Um, So it's just powerful to have someone speak over you in that way. And so the great thing is you don't need an official spiritual director to make that happen. All you need is a friend who loves Jesus, who's willing to listen to you, who's willing to get on FaceTime or Zoom or the phone or sit in a park six feet away and listen to you share how God is working and then reflect that back to you. And that, my friends, is a faith deepening exercise. So as we start off 2021, I just want to speak truth over you that we serve a God who is powerful and compassionate, and he wants to meet you wherever you might be after 2020, a tough year, and he wants to deepen your faith. Jesus tells the woman, your faith has healed you, or in the ESV, made you well. The Greek word here actually means saved. So he saved this woman, not just from her physical affliction, but from her spiritual sickness, which as we all know, is tremendously more important and has eternal consequences. And so in the same way, God wants to heal you from your pain or your suffering or your grief or your sin, whatever that might be. He invites you to come to him in faith. And when you do, Life won't be perfect, right? My life is so far from perfect. I wish it were. Um, 2020 was an amazing year of leaning into a bright future, but there were still things that were hard and there were still moments where I had to learn and I had to trust and I had to wonder, months even, where I had to wonder what was happening. Um, But God was with me and I'm grateful even for the hard parts because I feel like I grew and it made my faith so much stronger. And so I believe that this restoration and this hope um, and this compassion and power is for you too. And so this week, I encourage you to think about what is that word? What is God going to give me in 2021? Because I think it's going to be something really good. So let's pray. God, I am grateful for the chance to be with these people at the start of 2021 and to ask collectively what you have for us and what you have for us personally. God, I pray that you would give each person listening a word from you this week. God, I pray that you would impress upon their hearts in the quiet moments or in the mundane moments or in their quiet time or with their friends, um, how you want to work in their life this year. 
And God, I pray that they would receive it. And I pray that they would find people to observe how you are working in their life and reflect that back to them in a powerful way so that they could rejoice and they could celebrate and their faith would be deepened. God, we thank you for your word and thank you for always opening it to us and showing us who you are and how you want us to respond. Um, God, we give 2021 into your hands and we praise you. In your son's name I pray. Amen.